G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby, Dan Flynn, back with us. Hey, Dan, welcome back to 2020. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you, Neil. And as I was saying to you, Neil, earlier, you are God's broadcaster. And by bringing up all this wonderful pro-life stuff, you are doing God's work and um, pleased to be a part of what you're doing. Well, you know, it's organisations like yours too, Dan, that are in the mix of what's happening, trying to draw attention uh, to biblical value for human life. And you've got, let's just start with something that you've got coming along, which is a real pro-life focus. And it's all to do with something really cute and really beautiful, baby (laughs) booties. Baby booty. I could just picture you now, Dan. Uh, you are the baby booty king. Uh, give us an idea what's going on with uh, with baby booties, uh, something of a visual protest. Well, just before we get there, Neil, just talking about visual protest, just to um, uh, give people some context. You know, um, in any political campaign, you need something that's a little different, a little special, but captures the imagination of people, but uh, creates emotion. And... I was thinking, you know, by comparison to this, with the abolition of slavery in, you know, 1787 or around that time, the abolitionists uh, drew up a plan of a slave ship and the plan depicted the way that these slaves were, you know, know, lying under the beams in this boat. And so this, um, it's like a surveyor's drawing of a ship called the Brook was circulated in 1787. It ended up in coffee shops, newspapers, everywhere. And it is said of this particular image that it was a campaigning tool um, and never had an image like that being used before. The people who were drinking their their tea, um, respectable people in Britain, uh, were having cheap sugar because the sugar was all being, um, you know, you know, developed and, and grown by the slaves in Jamaica, when they saw the picture of these slaves on the ship, it changed their view. And that was around the time Wilberforce became very active. So um, pivoting from 1787 to 2023, Neil, we are in the middle of an inquiry about babies born alive. And we've had uh, Senator Canavan, uh, uh, and Senator Alex Antic uh, have launched a bill to say, look, any baby that's born alive as a result of a failed abortion must be given proper medical care, whatever that is. It might be palliative care uh, or it might be resuscitation, depending on the condition of the child. But um, what currently happens, Neil, is that if a baby is born alive, uh, they're put in a, a tray to die because the intention of the doctor is to kill the baby and that intention will be outworked one way or the other. Um, And uh, this is a great uh, human rights travesty. Like slavery, it is the shedding of innocent blood like we saw with 
slavery. And uh, evidence has been given. Michelle Pierce, our CEO, and Wendy Francis gave evidence a week or so ago. Uh, this committee will report, on, I think, by the 31st of July. So what we're proposing, Neil, is a demonstration, not a drawing of a slave ship, but something sort of equally um, confounding. And what we propose, Neil, is that we have at least 800 sets of sewn babies' booties um, placed on the lawns of Parliament House in Canberra. And uh, that will speak to the plight of these babies born alive. There's, there's about one a week in Australia that we know of uh, on the, the government statistics. And uh, we want to acknowledge these 800 babies born alive. And it's a visual connection. And what we will be saying to people uh, is if they uh, volunteer for us, uh, that if they sewed a pair of booties and they posted it to us, we will include their booties in this visual protest. And so what I expect, Neil, is that there'll be a group of political activists who never thought they were activists, who would never ring a member of parliament, but would love to sew some booties, might sew five pairs. And uh, we would love to energise people who love babies, who love the unborn, um, to be involved in this and to show to members of parliament that every life matters, that infants, no matter how small, they need warm feet, uh, they need love, uh, they need proper care, they need to be treated as a human. And so... um, we're excited about it, Neil. Um, just Dan, you know, so I suspect going. there's going to be a lot of listeners who would like to contribute to this, what you call a visual protest. And, you know, 800 pairs of baby booties on the lawn at Parliament House. Uh, some will say, well, if you were doing it in a big scale, which sounds pretty difficult, you know, the numbers of abortions in Australia estimated somewhere in between 70 and 90,000 a year, but uh, these ones, for babies who were born alive in the process of going through the abortion procedure, uh, being left to die, that is uh, that is tragic. And uh, when there is a living human being uh, outside of the body, and even those pro-abortionists uh, would say, well, you know, the baby isn't born, so the baby is not alive. But when the baby is born, the baby is a person, all sorts of things like that, they argue. This is a way of actually doing something very practical. So, 800 Mm. pairs of baby booties. Mm. So for listeners today, uh, you're saying sew, knit, crochet, (laughs) buy, (laughs) uh, any way you can. So so what's what's the plan here, Dan? You want to get those listeners today getting some baby booties together. There might be there might even be some who've got some baby booties that you've had left over and uh, you're sitting there around in a drawer, send those on too. So you want eight hundred pairs of baby booties. Uh, what's the Correct, what's the deadline Neil. here? The twentieth of July. So um, we will communicate with our all our supporters today about this by email. Uh, but if people are listening to the show and think, wow, okay, great, I can do this uh, if they just go to our webpage and just click on the volunteer button, then you know they'll volunteer and they'll they'll be contacted in relation to this project. So um, there will be something that comes up on the webpage prominently within a day or so. But for today, just go on and volunteer, and we'll 
we will capture you, you know, your information that you want to sow these booties. Uh, we might end up with eight eight thousand pairs, um, and that'll be that'll be exciting, Neil. Well, the more and the merrier, more, I suspect here, Dan. The more the, the merrier. More the merrier. And, and and if we draw out people who love God, who think politics has never been my thing, but I love sewing for the grandchildren, um, wouldn't that be wonderful to see these people have their booties uh, on the front of, of of the Lords of Parliament House? And believe me, Neil, there's enough room. Um, uh, that that mum who's sewing a pair of booties in Ballarat, Victoria, uh, her booties, beautiful blue booties probably, uh, all pink, they'll get on the lawn. <laughs> hey, and of course, uh, you say there's that deadline uh, coming up the 20th of July. You want the booties yes. by then. And Correct. all the booties afterwards. Now, I imagine someone will set up a display. It'll be on the lawn there at Parliament House. But... After the use, they're not being thrown out, they're being donated. And, uh, and interestingly, in Canberra, going to the Calvary Hospital in Bruce. So uh, they're going to a good place, but they're going to a place which is right in the middle of controversy right now too. Well, it absolutely is, Neil, and I heard you mention it in the introduction. The Calvary Hospital is a, a beautiful, well-thought-of hospital here in Canberra, um, the reason for the rush, in my opinion, and there's been nothing really said about this. I think Andrew Barr has been very poker-faced about it. Um, the reason for the rush for the forced takeover, uh, for no committee hearings, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, in my view, the reason is that the ACT Labor Greens government are very excited about a euthanasia law that they propose to pass later in the year. So they have been blocked by a Kevin Andrews bill since I think the mid-90s from uh, having uh, euthanasia in the territories. That was repealed earlier this year. So the pent-up excitement, and I actually have it on a good, a good source uh, inside the ACT government that um, there is a unit that is already set up, uh, they're calling the Assisted Dying Unit, um, lovely name that, uh, so there's a unit that's working feverishly on the implementation of euthanasia. And if they did that with Calvary Hospital in place, guess what? A very popular uh, Catholic hospital will put their hand up and say, no, we're not participating. And the government had to uh, neutralise Calvary Hospital before uh, their very, inverted commas, their very exciting euthanasia legislation. That's what I believe is what the rush has been about. But as I say, Andrew Barr's very poker-faced, no mention of that, um, but that's, that's, that's what the timeline is about. And, Neil, there's a beautiful big cross atop Calvary Hospital, and when they take over on the 3rd of July, the government will order a very expensive crane. That crane will go to the top of the hospital and lift that blue cross off. Uh, the health minister has addressed that very issue last week. When that cross is taken off, so do the ethics that go with it. Uh, no, there are no elective abortions at Canberra Hospital, never have been, and uh, there'll be no, there would be no euthanasia. It'll be now cheerfully renamed the North Canberra Hospital and will be, you know, as if we were in Russia, a sort of a socialised um, medicine. Uh, North Canberra Hospital, yeah, just giving all the... Um, agenda of the ACT Greens Labor ideology. Yeah, well, so yeah, we're glad to, we're glad to give them their booties. 
we might be very happy uh, for the media to get there and film the removal of the cross uh, from the top of Calvary Hospital uh, mm. because it might be good for the media to document the loss of freedoms in the ACT and it might be very significant, the loss of freedoms, uh, freedom to believe uh, that might affect every Australian. So a very significant time that is coming and and uh, that process is already underway and so we'll monitor that along. Uh, you've got great insights there, Dan, and we'll pick up some more of those as that whole issue develops and uh, the loss of Calvary Hospital is a very, very significant uh, downward trend in what's happening with those sorts of issues around freedom in Australia, freedom of religion especially. Hey, uh, just uh, just for listeners, if you're wanting to uh, knit, crochet, sew baby booties, uh, let me just point you to the ACL website uh, where you'll find out how to actually send those uh, to be a part of that protest that will happen on the lawns of Parliament House. Uh, some other issues. Let's just touch on some quickly now because we've run out of time a little bit here, Dan, but um, you've got a one-click-away campaign, uh, an anti-porn campaign. Uh, what's happening there? Well, this is an exciting development, Neil, that, that we uh, we haven't quite launched, but I'm certainly giving uh, your listeners a, a preview to. One of the problems with mobile phones and, and uh, is that within about you know probably two or three clicks, uh, you can be on a porn site. And if you're a parent with teenage children with a phone, uh, you know, uh, this stuff is so corrosive and is corrupting our kids uh, and impacting everybody who's not very, very careful. So uh, we are calling on the government to implement an age verification law that you can only get to a site that is pornographic if you are able to prove that you are over 18, which they, they have in place for gambling. So age verification, the technology is possible. And there is a parliamentary report that uh, unanimously said, yes, we should do this. But the problem is, Neil, that report's now about three years old and gathering dust in some top drawer of Parliament House. So we're saying, look, get the report out. Uh, there were Liberal and Labor people on the report and our campaign will be called One Click Away. So when uh, Wendy Francis does her uh, Fridays with Francis on Friday, uh, she will launch that. And I think it's something that's very exciting, not just for Christians, uh, but I just think for anyone who's trying to raise a family uh, to, to know, well, OK, great. Um, my under-18s cannot access pornography on their phone because they can't prove they're 18. That's a very good protective measure uh, for Australia's young people. And uh, so many listening will say, isn't that common sense? Where is that happening in our federal and state governments? Hey, let's touch on some other things very quickly. Uh, some developments in Victoria, Dan, where a by-election will see a Christian in the pre-selection for uh, the by-election seat in Warren, uh, the election in uh, Warrandyte. What's happening there? Well, there was a close uh, pre-selection, very close on the weekend, with a star-studded uh, cast of people um, and uh, a young uh, pastor, Nicole Werner, uh, has sort of, uh, I suppose, come to the top and uh, been successful in that. Um, probably what I'd say about that, Neil, in some senses is, you know, so what? So whether someone's a pastor, whether they're a bricklayer, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, they'll be judged on their 
policies on their merits as a person, on their character, and I suppose um, that's all we would ask and anticipate is that people would judge Nicole Werner on her character and on her policies uh, rather than, as I'm seeing in the aids this morning, you know, some beat up on, oh, well, he's a pastor who has been pre-selected, you know, uh, as though that's some sort of danger signal. Well, uh, guess what? Uh, pastors uh, can be politically active as well. Uh, they can participate uh, just like um, a Muslim can, uh, just like a bricklayer or a bus driver can. And, um, yeah, so we, we wish Nicole well. And uh, all we ask is that there be a, uh, a fair contest and that she'd be judged on her merits. You've been working on a lot of different areas and just quickly, uh, one more issue uh, in the state of Queensland. The sex self-ID bill has passed. Uh, give us a little update on what's happened there, Dan. Well, this is the sort of foolishness that we saw in Victoria some years ago. Basically, the proposition that you could, if you're in Queensland, and I know many of your listeners are, they won't want to do this, but... Uh, people in Queensland could just go and merely on the basis of their self-identification uh, change their gender on their birth certificate, which would you know flow onto their licence and everything else. That you know, um, look, I know I look like a bloke, but um, I'm a woman, um, and you know, it's not it's not not Daniel, it's Danielle, and the government is basically saying, okay, whatever this Danielle says goes, and anyone who dissents with that will. You know, feel the pressure of the law uh, because this guy now has a new birth certificate. He's a woman, and so it's foolishness. And um, uh, this gender confusion, I think, is um, you know such an attack on God's creation. Uh, God, we know from Genesis one twenty-seven, God created man in His own image, male and female. He created them, and so this type of uh, uh, labour policy that's happened in Queensland is a direct attack on, you know, the really the Genesis uh, mandate, the way that God created us. Um, and I wish we'd been able to defeat it, um, but it does show us the importance of getting good people in politics so that we have the numbers to defeat uh, foolishness like this. And, of course, this sort of legislation goes against uh, the protection of women and of parental rights. Uh, somehow or other, women need to stand up. And just because there's a woman premier in the state of Queensland, well, she's not necessarily standing up for women right now. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. And I think sometimes the even the Liberal opposition find it hard to uh, find their voice on this. They They tend to hide under their desk in their office when these issues come up because... People don't want to be, you know, anti-trans and uh, get attacked by the very, um, uh, you know, you know they, they say some, sometimes border on violence. I've, I've experienced it myself uh, from the trans community, um, and they're not all violent, but they have, they have a uh, when they're together, when they're protesting, when they're demonstrating, uh, there is a violent tinge to it, and I've seen it myself in Victoria. So good people. I want to speak up against it, and people find it hard to articulate a line against it. But I think a pretty straightforward one is, uh, do you want a man in your daughter's change room? Um, You know, like, um, this offends people, and people, your average person looks at this and goes, well, this is silly. But it doesn't, for many of them, it doesn't affect them. But it can affect them uh, when it impacts, you know, the way they're, their daughters are being um, looked after at school, the welfare of their daughters, and at sport on Saturday. Uh, that affects them as well. 
So um, we pray for a, a restoration of sanity, Neil. Yes, uh, restoration of sanity. Hey, just one more quick issue to squeeze in because we're going to be talking about abortion uh, this next hour ahead too, Dan. Uh, some changes coming in Western Australia. So for WA listeners here, uh, there's some changes on the way. Uh, what's happening there very briefly? Well, um, Neil, they're just trying to, to bring things, I suppose, the way they are in Victoria, that someone can have an abortion up to 24 weeks for no reason and after 24 weeks for any reason. Um, Neil, this is hard because the Labor Party have the numbers and, um, uh, you know, we've got to get inside the system and populate these parties. I know Peter Abetz will be working very hard at Western Australian Director. He, he won't be able to stop this passing. It doesn't mean we support a passing, obviously, uh, but there'll be hard work to uh, protect babies born alive, for women to get access to information and for conscientious objection for medical staff. In some ways, we're trying to save the furniture, Neil, in a situation where uh, while we are 100% opposed to these changes um, and we will never step away from that, uh, the reality is that with the Labor Party having the numbers, we have to work hard to get some um, important amendments through as we did in South Australia when these laws passed. It's challenging times to do what you do, Dan Flynn, at the Australian Christian Lobby and uh, the team there that you're working with, your new CEO. Uh, there are challenging times. Things are changing dramatically. And for listeners to connect with the ACL, here's the website, acl.org.au, the Australian Christian Lobby, acl.org.au. Uh, remember the booties in all of that. And Dan, Thank you so much for giving us another great update, as always, here on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.